What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Sixth Dimension Show. I am your host once again, the same exact girl. It is me, Rose Donovan, and I am super excited to tell you guys and introduce my first guest to ever come on my podcast. Just happens to be my sister, but is also my most favorite human and is also my personal coach. So <laughs> she's a lot of things for me. I am. Tess Donovan, go ahead and introduce Hello, yourself. Hello, everybody. I am so excited to be on the Sixth Dimension podcast. Yeah. Um, I am a fan of the show. I am, <laughs> but she I am is. first and foremost her sister, and we are absolutely best friends, and we have been for quite some time. We have evolved together, we sure and have. it's an absolute gift, an honor, and a blessing to be able to coach you through your fitness journey, and yeah. as you know, and your life as it relates to the rest of your life. So I'm so excited to be here. Yay! Thank you very much. <laughs> so the reason why I wanted to have Tess on this podcast, and we both wanted to talk a little bit, is that yes, she is my coach, and she is also my sister. But if anybody in this entire world has taught me anything about fitness, it is her, okay? <laughs> she is like the backbone of who I am as a person and as an athlete. And she's also one of the smartest people I know. Super educated, definitely invested a lot in her education mm-hmm. when it comes to fitness and stuff. So she's super fucking knowledgeable, which is amazing. So yeah, we are here to drop some knowledge bombs on anybody who wants to know anything new about fitness, wants to know anything new about gaining muscle, how to reach a goal, lifestyle, health, totally. all that. We are here to debunk it for you. So so excited. It's going to be great. So first and foremost, we're going to ask Tess Donovan about her journey <laughs> and a little bit of, a little some, bit of background, yeah, background yeah, totally. and a little bit of personal questions. So first and foremost, Tess, how did you get into fitness? Yeah. So let's see. When I was the, the, the best way to sum up how I got into fitness, because it was definitely like an evolution Um, but when I was 13, 14 years old, I started to take interest in like going to the gym and unfortunately it was not really driven by wanting to be strong or fit. It was all about wanting to be smaller and I just wanted to lose and, you know, be smaller and shrink. And so I didn't know what I was doing at the time. Um, so I just remember I got my membership at the YMCA in, uh, Chula Vista and, um, I started going three to five times a week, you know, with my parents. And all I did was cardio and I would try my best to do an hour of cardio. Holy shit. Like, Damn. so yeah. And I, and That's I would crazy. just, I didn't even know that. yeah, I would just grind, man. I would also, um, run because of course at the time I thought running was like the magic thing that was going to make me fit and whatever. So it was definitely a very, um, in, you know, retrospectively, it was a very sad, difficult time for me, but it was absolutely necessary to get, you know, to evolve. Like, I said. So it was that's where it started. I wanted to be smaller. I was actually really I, I developed quite an eating disorder as well. Um, and that kind of I've done a lot of work to unpack that and understand it better because our relationships with food is for everybody is more complex and multifaceted than we may even understand and know. Um, but for me, it really stemmed from wanting approval and praise from the people who I respected in my life, like my parents. Um, and you know, those around me and I just wanted some, I was craving somebody to say, wow, you're doing a great job and you're, Mm -hmm. you're killing it and you're working hard and I see you. And so I thought that the way that I was going to achieve that was by getting smaller, which of course now makes no, I'm like, well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. But at the Mm -hmm. time, that's what my, that's exactly what my thought processes were. So since I was 13, 14, I have literally gone to the gym five to six days a week without like without Without fail fail. I mean literally it hasn't stopped since then um Mm -hmm. I did eventually learn okay strength training is probably a good idea because you know I want to tone and whatever (laughs) which toning is like the worst word and we'll talk about why later but um but that's at the time that's what I had in my head so I started doing like YouTube workouts and like freaking grinding doing jump squats for like minutes straight I can't even believe like literally I remember being in the backyard just like all right time to do five minutes of jump squats (laughs) So just going hard. Um, So so yeah. And so as the years passed, I I continued to have a really difficult relationship with food and exercise in my body. Um, 
And it's definitely something that, you know, continues to this day to an extent, but I've done so much work and I'm so much more aware of, you know, where is this coming from? Why, why am I choosing, like, what is my intention here? And it's completely shifted. So um, I, I want to say when I was like 15 or 16, I actually started working out like properly. And, and what I mean by that is I just was lifting weights consistently, kind of sticking to the basic movement patterns and just working on getting good at those. Still definitely was doing way too much volume, like just way too much training, not enough recovery. And I was still under eating at that time. Um, and then when I turned 18 or 19 or so, even though I still had a lot of difficulties with my uh, relationship with food, I definitely wouldn't say I had like an uh, eating disorder in terms of like being underfed, but I still really struggled with binge eating disorder. That was like kind of the, the big thing for me and definitely something that I've, like I said, I've done a lot of therapy. I have zero shame in talking about it now because it's something like, because I went through all of that, I am able to coach others through it. And it's an absolutely, you know, uh, it's not talked about very much, but a lot of people go through mm-hmm. binge eating disorder, whether it's diagnosed or not, you a know, a lot of people, a lot of people. And a lot of times it does stem from restriction, right? So the cycle of restricting yourself and then overeating, feeling shame and guilt, and then repeating the cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went through that for years and and I kept it very quiet. You never would have known. But um, I I really, really struggled with that. So when I, I want to say when I turned 20 was when I really started to, and mind you, I became a personal trainer when I was 18. So I objectively knew that that was not helpful and it was not good to restrict your calories and then overeat and repeat that. But like it, it was a, a disorder and it was absolutely something that was neurologically and uh, biologically, like the feedback loops were just so deeply set that I had a very hard time breaking the cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I knew at that point, like I was coaching other people on, you know, how to work through things and I was going through something myself. Yeah. So I want to say about three years ago was when I really started to get that, uh, in check more now I want, but I want to make clear that within the last three years, I have still struggled with it just significantly less. And I think a huge thing that helped heal that part of me and that continues to help heal me is I stopped expecting for it to just stop happening. Mm -hmm. And I started like changing my relationship with it. And that's like a big thing, I think, with a lot of um, disorders or just a lot of, you know, depression and anxiety is just remembering that you you don't need to fix the thing, but you need to change the relationship with the thing and the thing will fix itself. You know what I mean? And so now I just understand that from a biological level, if I restrict my calories, my body's going to want energy. And if I have a tendency and if my, my feedback loops are such that, you know, okay, I'm feeling really hungry. I'm feeling really stressed. I want to eat. I'm so much more aware of that and I can look at that and say, okay, that's a normal response to have. Obviously, that response has been my response for years and years and years and years and I've responded to it, Mm -hmm. but I don't have to respond that way anymore. I have the awareness to make a different choice. So that was a really powerful part of my journey and it continues to be. And uh, for the past couple years, um, I want to say for the past like three years, I've really um, been, I guess, more advanced within my training and my nutrition. Um, I've tracked macros for years and years and years, and I'm very familiar with that. And, um, yeah, I love training. I work with a coach, Nadia, and she is absolutely amazing. And she's done so much for me in not only holding me accountable, but to just kind of keeping, you know, even coaches need coaches, you guys like coaches, just because I know all of the things doesn't mean I can objectively implement them myself, you know, for myself, right? Like if I'm looking in the mirror, and I'm, you know, making progress, and nothing needs to change, I might one day just feel like, I feel fat today. I should probably diet harder. And that's just not always what you need. You know what I mean? So having those, the separate pair of eyes really helps. So that's kind of the evolution of my journey and kind of what has brought me here. Um, And it's definitely been a journey and it will continue to be. Yeah. Yeah. That was one hell of a fucking answer. Yeah. I knew my answers were going to be so long, man. I told Rosie, I was like, girl, this is about to be a three hour long podcast. It's okay. That That was all beautiful information. So going off of that, and everything that you experienced, mm-hmm. and it, it sounds like fitness very quickly became something emotional for you for, for sure. a lot of years, and still it still is. Absolutely. So how would you say that fitness kind of really made you who you are today? Like that journey, Love that. that everything you just talked about, like how would you say that really has impacted you as a person? Yeah, well, for one thing, I think it's given me an immense amount of empathy and understanding for others, um, and you know, I, I 
just and especially as a coach, you know, I have conversations with people often about their relationships with food and about their nutritional habits and about their routines in terms of how do you take care of your body and et cetera. And so, you know, regardless of where somebody's at, I feel like because of everything I've gone through, I've I can meet them where they're at because I've been there. I've felt those feelings. Mm-hmm. I have fought those battles. That's and powerful. it is powerful. And I wouldn't be able to provide the service that I can now if I hadn't gone through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and beyond that, I just think that really the cornerstones of my life and my values are things that are exercised with within fitness, um, which is kind of what I talk about all the time, you know, yeah. discipline, structure, but also giving yourself grace and understanding that it is a push and pull and it's an ebb and a flow. And even though there's so much structure and rigidity involved to be successful, there's also a great amount of flow that you have to find within your own fitness journey. Um, and I think that, you know, because I, you know, I plan out my meals every single day. Like I'm unwavering with that. I don't miss meals, yeah. you know, and I don't miss workouts. I don't miss going to sleep on time. I, because of all of those things, it transfers into the other parts of my life beautifully. And it just complements everything else mm-hmm. because I know, okay, like cause and effect. If I can, you know, if I do this and this and that, it will give me this and this and that outcome. Uh, but along with that, I, c- I also have to understand because of fitness and its nature that you can control all the variables and still not get the result you want. And guess what? That's fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes yeah. it's such a push and pull of like controlling all the external things. But then at the end of the day, remembering that the great, the only thing you truly have control over is the internal Uh, response to those things you know like we have influence over the things on the outside but really we have to just respond in a way that complements the way we actually want to feel about things yeah so that's amazing that is very applicable to life yeah exactly and I think fitness is very applicable to life and that's why I'm so passionate about it like if if you can get your fitness in check you get anything in check it will it will transfer everywhere everywhere into your relationships and into your career and everywhere so that's that's my my short long answer for that (laughs) I definitely think um a lot of people that are going to be listening are Mm -hmm. people who are interested in starting or mm-hmm. are towards, towards the beginning of their journey yeah um I get a lot of questions very often on fitness and nutrition and all that stuff and oftentimes I don't give very detailed answers just because I am not as experienced that's another reason why I wanted to have Tess on the podcast is I really wanted people to have an outlet and somebody to answer totally the nitty-gritty shit you right. know right so going off of that if there was three things that you wish that you had somebody to help you through or coach you through or let mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be exactly three. Right. But, you okay. Know, just things that you think are important to know emotionally, physically, yeah. when, when starting, when wanting to get totally. into lifting weights and fitness and all that. So let's see. Off the top of my head, the first couple things that come to mind. One, your intention your intention and your why. And I know that that's like, that already sounds kind of woo woo, but I'm telling you, if you do not start your fitness journey with a clear understanding for why, and I'm not talking about, oh, because I want to, I want to lose weight and I want to look better in my clothes. That's the beginning part of your why, but why do you want to lose weight and look better in your clothes? Yeah. Because you feel insecure in your body right now? Why do you feel insecure in your body right yeah. now? Like I need I need you to dig, dig, yeah. dig. Like I need 12 to 15 whys. <laughs> and what would you say like say somebody started digging deep and started mm-hmm. asking them, themselves those mm-hmm. whys, why do I not feel good about myself and they run into that because I'm trying to mold into this society. I'm exactly. Trying, It'll what, lead there. What advice would you give to somebody who hits that wall? Um well, like, I would really just say like hit that wall like get go there like go there because the only way fitness I mean any fitness goal whether it's putting on muscle losing body fat or doing both or even just trying to like move your body and take care of your mental health you know as the byproduct of moving your body it's going to require a very 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 deep and solid and concrete understanding of why that's important to you because it will become hard fast it will become hard yeah I think there's a huge misconception that you know once I get started, it'll feel so good and I'll make progress and it's going to feel awesome. I just have to get started. Yeah. Yes, but I promise you, once you get started, it's not going to feel good every day. And that's when most people quit. 
So if you have a surface level why, quitting is going to sound so much easier than continuing. Yeah. But if you know, if you know that you want to do this because your your relationships, your life, your career, your well-being, waking up in the morning and actually feeling good in your body and knowing that you trust yourself and you will handle whatever comes your way because you without a doubt will take care of your vessel, that's a fucking deep ass reason. That and is. I would bet if you run into a hard day, that reason will be stronger than the hard day. Yeah. And that's what will carry you through and actually get you from point a to point b yeah for sure so that's huge i think on that topic something that i want to share with you guys i think i've talked about this before but for a long time i struggled with my own why Mm -hmm. and in a very unique way because it wasn't the kind of why where i was going to quit or i was going to stop doing what i was going to do but it almost became like fitness was just something i did Mm -hmm. and i was struggling to find that really that really deep meaningful connection with myself and my body and moving my body because I love my body because Mm -hmm. I want to Mm -hmm. and that bounces off on how I got into fitness I was gonna say this earlier but you know we digress or whatever (laughs) Tess is the main reason I got into fitness but because I'm sure you guys have seen it on my Instagram before but we lost our mom at a very young age she was 14 I was 11 so she was my main woman to look Mm -hmm. up to so what she did I definitely wanted to do myself Mm -hmm. so when she started getting into fitness little Rosie was like oh what the fuck (laughs) me too yeah literally (laughs) me fucking too I would do jump squats for five minutes too (laughs) yeah no literally like she's going to the gym me too like and I think um so that was very deeply rooted you know like from a very young age Mm -hmm. I didn't when I started my fitness journey I didn't have that why like it's because I want to be fit. I want to do... It's because I just did. Yeah. Because it was something that helped me cope. Right. But not in the same way. Like, right. not, like, in the way that exercise helps you cope. And the way that distracting yourself and just doing... You were just trying to find a thing to exactly. assign the meaning to it that you lost. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, like, honestly, I couldn't even explain that why I never stopped. Or, like, right. why... My motivation is something so unwavering. Kept something, something kept, kept me going. going. That was honestly outside of myself because mm-hmm. I don't fucking know <laughs> yeah. I literally don't know why I kept going because I didn't have a strong why mm-hmm. and that's definitely something that I've stepped into especially since having Tess as my coach mm-hmm. I think when we started that coach client relationship not only did it bring us a lot closer but it really it really brought me into my why because it made me super uncomfortable yeah <laughs> and that leads into another awesome thing that I wanted to talk about is coaching mm-hmm. and the coaching industry and how it has developed into the kind of social media culture too mm-hmm. and how there's so many different coaches out yeah, there and absolutely. so many people offering this and that and I wanted to talk about what you personally think makes a good coach mm-hmm. and how and when to invest in a coach Great question. and how and how to find somebody that you click with and yeah. how to make sure that you're in a good situation with a coach. Absolutely. Things like that. So, yeah, I would definitely, I mean, the coaching um, industry is definitely one that is, I don't want to say oversaturated because that's not really, that's not really what I think. I mean, just like any industry, there's a lot of coaches, you know, there's a lot of doctors, there's a lot of teachers, you know, and um, I definitely, I will say that I think a lot of people think coaching and being a trainer is like really sexy and like everybody loves the idea of like being a coach and being a trainer and like that's Passive super cool. Income too. Yeah, totally. And so I think I definitely will say that I think a lot of people get into it for the wrong reasons. Um, don't invest in their education and don't ultimately really care about the client. And those are two attributes that I think very quickly will deteriorate your coaching quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and with that being said, I think, and I stress this to people all the time, like do your research heavily. Ask as many questions as you need to ask to, while you're inquiring for a coach, it's, it's almost like a therapist. Like not every, you can have a bunch of great therapists, but like, I don't know about you, but I've tried, I've tried like 15 therapists because, and not saying they were bad. I just didn't click with them. They just Mm -hmm. didn't align with me. And similar with coaching, like this is somebody who is taking one or more components of your health into their own hands and you are trusting them. I don't want you to take that lightly, you guys. Like, that's a big deal. And so just understanding, like being an educated consumer um, and just really kind of, you know, knowing the fundamentals and the what 
I would say are the fundamentals is make sure they are educated, make sure they do have some experience. And, you know, sometimes there will be a newer coach who if they if they really seem to hold the values and the and if they have the education and you feel comfortable moving forward with them, I don't think there's anything wrong in investing in a new coach. I I still feel like a new coach. I've only been really I've been training for four years, but I've been coaching online uh, within the nutrition for about a year and a half. And if any coach tells you that they're an advanced, experienced coach after a year and a half, I would turn them away. <laughs> but because yeah. every we're still learning, you know, it takes a lot of experience to really be be a, a top dog, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. So just make sure that they have the background and the education and. I guess like it's it's hard to know right off the bat like if you are a beginner it's kind of hard because you don't know the answers that's why you're looking for a coach so um, make sure that they're you know most of the time if they give you an extreme protocol that requires you to eat very little and exercise a lot probably don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. um, and I would also just just re- like one thing that I think is uh, kind of a red flag is if they don't ask you a fuck ton of questions at the beginning of your relationship about your current, you know, situation, your body, your health, your mindset. What is your actual goal? What does your lifestyle look like? Those things are major because if they don't ask you those questions, they're probably going to, they don't care about those details and those details matter to create the Mm -hmm. right plan for you. Um, so I would definitely just encourage you guys to not be afraid to ask a lot of questions and make sure your needs are being met. You are paying them. You are investing in your health that matters. So don't, and I know it can be intimidating when you like are new and you don't know exactly what you're doing, but I mean, you know, it's okay to be a boss. It's okay to like be a boss of your own health and like realize that that's a big deal. And, you know, interview some coaches, see which one really aligns with you. Ask them. So what do you think would be a good, you know, starting protocol for me? And if it at all brings you like feelings of, oh gosh, I don't know if I can stick to that. Oh gosh, that sounds really hard to fit into my life. You should be able to talk to them about that and they should help you. Mm -hmm. So, um, and there, now I will say that there are some, you know, coaches who are specific to like competition prep. I am not talking about that. I'm talking about lifestyle coaching. Mm-hmm. Competition is a whole another ball game yeah. because you're going to get a plan and you better stick to the plan. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? But when it comes to lifestyle coaching, your coach should be able to work with you and not never should they ever scold you. Mm-hmm. Tough love is one thing, but not shaming you, you know? Yeah. That's really important too. So just do your research, be an educated consumer and if you ever feel like there's something fishy going on, open up to them, talk to them. And if they aren't receptive and supportive of your concerns, move on. Yeah. So would you recommend that somebody who is interested in getting into fitness, how and when would you recommend that somebody get a coach? Like when yeah. do you think is a good time, if it's necessary, unnecessary? Yeah. Because honestly, like, guys, if you're listening to this and you are really interested in getting into fitness, you're really looking into it, it sparks your interest and I think a lot of people are wondering, like, should I get a coach? Do mm-hmm. I need a coach? Can I do it without a coach? Great question. You know? Yeah. I think that's important to talk about. So I definitely think, like most things, it does depend. But honestly, and going back to the question you asked me before of, like, what are three things I would tell a beginner? I would tell a beginner to get a coach because doing it right the first time is going to save you a, a lot oh! of trial and error. Yeah. And honestly, the thing about it is Good one. Not, only, not only is it emotionally disruptive to try and fail and try and fail and try and fail, it is physically very hard on your body to, like, be in a caloric deficit and then not be and then be in one again and then not be. Mm-hmm. One, you won't make progress. Two, you're fucking with your metabolism and your hormones and you don't want to do that. Like, it's very important to take the right approach, stay there for long enough to get the result and then to make sure that you are correcting whatever down regulations you had during that phase if if it's a dieting phase of course so it is it is it's not like you can't like you can learn how to sew your own clothes but are we really gonna sew our own clothes like no just go buy clothes yeah. like don't don't do <laughs> That's that a perfect analogy. you know what i mean like and so <laughs> i think done, i think yeah. <laughs> invest i stole that from kellen that's kellen's line really? <laughs> yeah that's uh good. but he um I just think that it's valuable to just get a coach, do it right, learn the right things. You may not need the coach forever. You may want to stay with them for a long time. That's up to you. But I definitely think, like, I wish I would have started with a coach. Are you kidding me? Like, I would have saved years and years and years of of trial and error and just so much frustration and so much difficulty yeah. um, and just lack of results. You know, if you really want results, invest, invest. Yeah. 
I promise you it's worth it. Whether it's $200 a month or $500, like find the right coach, invest, and it will pay back tenfold for the rest of your life. And if you're hearing that and you're thinking, if you're like me, you're 18, 19, 20 years old and you're like, well, damn, I'm broke. I can't afford a coach. Absolutely. I think it's really important to look at where your money goes monthly. Oh, I love that. If you are eating out. Calling them out. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. It's an important thing to talk about. It is. No, it is. If you're eating out like crazy, buying food, clothes, weed that's what i was just gonna say unnecessary shit you're spending twenty dollars a gram on weed what two three times a week all that that adds up homie all that money yeah be investing in a coach in your health so if you're listening to this like well fuck i'm young i'm a little girl i can't afford that you probably can well and it just comes back to you can make anything happen if you really want to yeah anything outside of that like any excuse you have i'm sorry it's not valid. You can work towards and, it. And let's say you, if you really don't have the funds right now, you can get them. I know you can. Mm-hmm. Every freaking place in the world is hiring right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, you can do it. And so seriously. I just think it's a very worthwhile investment, um, even if it seems overwhelming at first. Just because, mm-hmm. like I said, like do it right the first time. Save your body and your mind all of that frustration and trial and error. And if you, if you don't feel ready to invest in a coach, at least invest in at least educating yourself on what the fundamentals are within fashion loss or muscle gain whether that be even youtube videos are incredible you guys like there's so many good people i mean there's a lot of bullshit people on youtube i'm sure but like there's a lot of free knowledge and education out there and if you really take the time to i mean that's really how i got started before i got certified i was all in my nose was in books and youtube videos podcasts and that's where i got my base knowledge so yeah to understand that definitely ties into investing in yourself that's something that um i think a lot of people look past like Mm -hmm. I think people will spend hours and hours like scrolling on social media like watching people do you know whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. but that time you could be spending listening to a podcast reading a book um you're interested in fitness read about it learn about it I think it's really important to invest in yourself in that way like spend the time getting better And actively be about that. Like, do that intentionally. Like, I'm going to pick this podcast over scrolling. Right. Because I'm I'm going to take my notepad out. I'm going to take notes and I'm going to go apply them at the gym tomorrow. And that will give you you so much self-trust and so Mm -hmm. much confidence, too. Absolutely. Seriously. Absolutely. All right. So before we go, we're going to answer a little Q&A. Some questions that you guys left on my Instagram. Some little things that people wanted to know. So the first one was, what are each of our struggles on our fitness journey? Tess, we'll let you begin. What have you struggled with? Well, so kind of like I touched on in the beginning, I've definitely struggled with consistency and how that um, relates to just like my ability to see results because of inconsistency, because of thought patterns and beliefs that do not serve me, <laughs> such mm-hmm. as, which is where kind of the binge eating disorder kind of stemmed from. Um, and so just, I've definitely in the past have struggled a lot with, you know, being super on it for like five days straight and then totally falling apart, you know, on like the weekends or on that sixth day and, and it being just so extreme that I physically feel terrible, mentally feel terrible, and I don't actually make progress. That was a really tough thing for me. Um, And, like, consistency is so important, and that word is, like, so just, it's used a lot. And it's used a lot because it's important, but I like to also think of not just consistency, but the compounding effect of consistency. When you stack up well-executed days... And you just add them up, add them up, add them up, add them up. That's what that's what makes the magic happen. Yeah. It's not a week of consistency. It's not even a month of consistency. It's months and years. Yeah, so that's totally. that's one thing for me. And then beyond that, I think I think the the biggest thing for me is just like don't be so freaking hard on yourself, man. Yeah, like I can I, I just beat my and I still do. Like I hold myself to an extremely high standard, and that me is a too. blessing. Mm-hmm. But it's also a curse because I, I don't very frequently, and I don't frequently enough remind myself that, hey, you're doing everything you can. You're doing a damn good job. Me like, neither. please pat yourself on the back, you I know? Think we both really we do. We are on hard that. on ourselves, we are man. Hard workers and hard on we ourselves. We are. And so. We expect so much of ourselves. We do. I mean, I, if you know that, I know that I can do. 
I can perform at an extremely high level. And so anything less than that, I'm like, well, shit, what was that test? Yeah, Like, get it together. But, But the reality is, like I said, there's a flow and, like, a push and pull. And just, like, knowing that, hey, if you mess up a little bit, you're human and you can, you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're still in the game. Like, get back to it. Yeah. Like, not, I think, I think to sum that up, not dwelling on the days that aren't perfect because I definitely uh struggle personally and this has gotten a lot better but i notice it all the time within myself like damn i was i was five grams of carbs over on my macros yesterday but it's like okay first off let's be objective for a second that doesn't really matter very much and even though i do think it's a good quality to be detail oriented because it, it does matter um, you know, just dwelling on something that already happened is so fucking useless. Like, you've got to yeah. move on. You've got to... And the professional athletes and the people who are successful, they don't dwell on anything. Because mm. they know that that's gone. What are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to move forward. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I definitely think the biggest struggle for me has been emotional. Because... Mm. And we're, this plays into a whole other thing. But genetically... It has been relatively easy for me to put on muscle. Relatively easy. Okay, of course I work hard, but genetically I am blessed. I will be the first to say that. She sure is, man. She sure is. And because I always had my sister, personally I didn't have to go so digging and diving for this information because it was always kind of right in front of me, which Mm -hmm. was a super huge blessing. But like I touched on earlier, something that was really hard for me and still is was finding that why I had a lot of times where I would like be like what the fuck like why am I working so hard in the gym like why am I here every fucking day like why like let's let's like let's dig deep here like I I had a really hard time like understanding my why and understanding the real like the deep meaning behind it and like the more I debunked it and the more that I like looked within I found myself like being so attached to fitness because I identified with it and other people identified that with me, that it became more of like a social attachment Mm -hmm. rather than something I really wanted for myself. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely something I had to face hard, which those kinds of things are not easy to face. No, When you understand those deep things about yourself and then you look around you and you're like, holy shit, look, like, how did I get here? Mm -hmm. That that hit me hard. So Mm -hmm. I definitely think that was one of my biggest struggles you've come a long way with journey. that though yeah i for sure Rosie have. Donovan knows exactly what she's doing now yeah <laughs> <laughs> she knows why she's here yeah seriously. <laughs> and it's amazing seriously. it's been amazing to see you get there thank you so much so yeah to answer that question that is definitely some of our struggles on our fitness mm-hmm. journey we could probably talk about that one oh yeah i've got struggles upon struggles but that's all right those yeah. are the, those are the big ones seriously another question that somebody asked was how did tess get started with personal training so we kind of touched on that way earlier, but you could give a little summary. Yeah, no, I love this question because I love just like giving advice to people who are interested in becoming trainers because it really is a beautiful and amazing profession if it's actually the profession for you and you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, but I got started. I So I started, like I said, I started working out at a pretty young age in my early teen years. Um, I knew that I was really passionate about it and I knew that I was going to get certified as soon as I could. And I literally got certified right when I turned 18, got a job at LA Fitness, shout out. And, um, and so I immediately started working for like the management side of training. So I was still a certified trainer, but I was more so involved in selling the personal training and introducing, introducing the training program to newer clients um, and managing it, which was really great. I got a lot of experience from that. But after doing that for about a year and a half, I realized, okay, I I just want to train people. Like, I loved that part of my job. But for, you know, at the beginning, a lot of my other um, responsibilities included, like, managing the training staff and managing the clients and, like, all of this, which was great. But I, I knew that, like, no, I just want to train people. I want to be a part of their journey. I know that I can do this at a really, really high level if I work at it. So I started training, which also meant I took a fat pay cut. Like literally, here's one thing you got to know. If you want to be a personal trainer, you're going to start at the bottom. It's going to take a long time to make money off of it. But it you can make money off of it eventually. But a, too many people get into it thinking, oh shit, like I'm going to make like X amount of money if I just get this many clients. Kind of. There's a lot of ins and outs to it. But don't get into it for that reason because it's a grind. It's a lot of hours. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of sweat. It's a lot of tears. Um, But it's beautiful if you really are doing it for the right reasons, which is for me, service, period. 
I want to help people. I empathize so deeply with how it feels to not feel comfortable in your vessel. And I don't want anybody to have to go through that if I can help it. So I that was the forefront of my training. Uh, I worked my way up to having over 100 clients at certain times because of the amount of hours I would work. Um, I definitely ran myself into the ground a couple times. But um, I worked hard and I never, ever, ever forgot why I was doing it. And I also just, you know, I trained my clients, I trained myself, and then with my free time, I learned how to train my clients better. And that's why I worked my way up as quickly as I did, and I became, you know, a very, um, the word popular doesn't really sound right, but I was, I was like, uh, I had high demand for clients, Yeah. yeah, because I really took care of my clients, and honestly, like, ever since then... I have never really had to advertise or market because I get referrals word of, word of mouth because I take care of my clients. I don't really focus on getting more clients. I focus on serving my current clients, which is why I get more clients. So that's kind of how I got started in the evolution of it. And about a year and a half ago, I started my own business, which has been really, really beautiful and amazing. And I started coaching as well. So it's it's been just like a progression, learning, experiencing, remaining humble, always re- reminding myself that there's so much more to learn. Like, you think you're good? Nope. <laughs> like yeah. You need to be better, especially in the service industry when you're dealing with people's health. It's nothing to fuck around with. So yeah, that's yeah. my little story with that. Good ass answer. Next question was three things that keep us motivated to better our fitness lifestyles. Mm, you want to go first? Three things. I mean, honestly, here's the thing. Okay, no, I know I, I said answer. you should go first, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Okay, you'll have your time. I, I know, I know. I promise. I would say, okay, being completely fucking real at this time in my life, if the first thing that comes to mind is because I have a coach. Seriously. Fuck yeah. And not only is she my coach, she's my sister. So, and she's 100%, um, she knows how I can perform. And she knows how good I can do mm-hmm. and how, like, dedicated... She knows my potential. Right. She knows all that I am destined to be. Right. So even though this this might not be, like, a great thing, but she def- like having her in my life definitely keeps me motivated. Mm-hmm. I can't slack off. Can't send my check-in past 10, 10, 10 a.m. <laughs> 10 a.m. Right. where I get dropped. That's you know? right. <laughs> so, so definitely I think, like, having her... And, again, this plays back into us highly recommending that if you have the resources 100% invest in a coach for sure because having her in my life definitely keeps me motivated and accountable I couldn't quit even if I wanted to she probably wouldn't let me (laughs) well and I think like just to 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 add to that that's what a coach should do yeah a coach should hold you accountable to the things you say you want Rosie told me exactly what her goals were it's, it's expected because of the human experience being as it is for her to waver on those when emotions get tough. Mm-hmm. Same with me. Same with anybody. But because the commitment we have to each other is I will hold you accountable on good days and bad, bad days to being the person you told me yeah, you want to be. So like what what's the, you know, there's really no room for an excuse. It's a respect thing. Yeah. I respect her so much. And because I respect her, I hold her to a high standard. And she respects me. And because she respects me... She holds herself to a high standard and she shows up. Yeah, fuck yeah. Huge. Um, I would say another thing that keeps me motivated, and this is a new thing, a new lesson that I was so blessed to receive that really sat with me deeply and has really, really been a huge part of my fitness journey, was thinking of my body as the representation of the person I am. That that really hit home for me. When I added that into my why, that was Powerful. big. Because both of us we're a part of the same family we've experienced a lot of the same things have been through some shit a Mm -hmm. lot of pain Mm -hmm. and it has made us extremely strong badass strong-willed individuals strong women so I think really wanting to build my body to match the internal soul that I have because of all that I've been through has really been a big why for me. I I almost think of it as like tattoos, you know, like you get tattoos to represent who you are. Mm-hmm. If you know, if if you're into tattoos for that reason. Right. Um, you do you though. Yeah, you do you. If you want just art for get Dude, your art. That's cool too. But like you like you carry your your wounds almost with you as as a person mm-hmm. like and I really just wanted to like have my physical body represent who I felt I was as a person who I know I am, which is an extremely 
capable, strong, strong, resilient, resilient person. So I really wanted my body to match. I love that. So that's a big why for me. And I would say the last one, if we're really going to get into the three things, is just general health and health and well-being. That's mm-hmm. really, really important to me. Yeah. I definitely take um, a lot of pride, and it's really important to me to just be, like, a healthy vessel, you know? It's not just about being buff. It's not about just being jacked. It's about, like, I wouldn't do something to my body ju- if it was bad for my body just right. to be jacked. You know what I mean? Like, there's... There's definitely, like, a, a very strong motivation for just general health and wanting to take care of take care of my body and live, live a long time because I have a lot to do on this earth. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. So that's my three things. That's, those are great. Those are good three things. So the Seriously. first thing that came to mind for me, which <laughs> I think I just get so triggered by the motivation word because yeah. it, motivation is not an inherently bad thing. Like, having motivation is wonderful. It's a beautiful thing to experience. It can really, like, get you going. But, like, I don't even think about motivation anymore. I don't fucking care about motivation. Same. I'm in way too deep to even think about. Like <laughs> Straight up. It's, Agreed. It, it, if I'm motivated, if I'm not motivated, I don't even fucking care. Yeah. It's happening anyways. Yeah. Okay? Straight so, up. But beyond that, and your answer is actually, that was, like, literally the first thought that came to my head. I was like, that's the only answer. But yeah. after you actually said yours, it made me think, okay, there's a couple more things. Yeah, no, but, I feel you. But, I thought of that, too, of course. Yeah. But it's like, we're not just going to be like, yeah, no, fuck that. Well, and, and the reason know? I say that is because I want whoever, who asked this question? What wonderful person? Cindy. Cindy. What's up, Cindy? Hi, Cindy. (laughs) So I just really, I I love this question, and I love any opportunity to just reinstill the belief and the understanding that motivation is not what's going to help you at all. In fact, it'll probably hurt you if you put too much stock in it. Mm -hmm. You need to develop skills, habit, and consistency. Mm -hmm. And when it gets hard and you don't have motivation, you need to do it anyways. That doesn't mean, you know, you can't take days off and reset. That's important. But ultimately, if you, and I know that you've heard this a million times, it's everywhere. If you rely on motivation, you're going to fail. So you need to use other resources that are more concrete and more long lasting to have longevity. Um, But another one for me, I would definitely say is like my health and well-being. Like I, man, one thing that hits and I, I can't help but to go here, my kids, they're not even here yet. I haven't had kids yet. I think about raising a family and I will absolutely, I will be damned. If I miss a single day of sacrificing my health just because I, I am not willing to plan, be structured, and do hard things. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids, my boyfriend who I'm going to marry one day, I want to be around for him. I want to be around for my kids. I want to be around for my family. And ultimately, that just leads to I want to show up for the people in my life as whole as I possibly can. And in order to do that, in order to be a coach... Like, I can't coach if I'm not checking myself every fucking day. Absolutely. Like, the reason I'm a good coach is because I am walking the walk every day. Yeah. And so, like, for me, my motivation or I guess the 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 fire right. comes, the drive, it comes from knowing that all of these things that matter to me, the relationships in my life, serving my clients to the highest possible degree, the foundation of that is me taking care of my fitness and my health. It is the absolute fundamental cornerstone. It has to be taken care of. Everything else will not follow. So that's the next one. And I honestly think that those are the only two for me. I can't okay. think of a third. All right. I mean, other than I want to be yoked. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. We just want to be I just jacked. love, I mean, I think that the the opportunity to use fitness as a way to exercise your human, human potential, like, right. wow, like we can do amazing things if we really, if we really like hit the ground running, you know? And I love that. I'm excited about that. Yeah, seriously. All right, we'll answer one more question because there's a couple more, but we're already talking for a fat-ass minute, so. But these are both so good. Okay, then. We'll be quick. We'll be quick then. We'll be quick. We'll be quick then. We're going to do two. Hang in there. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Seriously. Seriously, we're on the way. We're almost done. All right, so somebody asked how to lose upper body fat. All right, go for it. So, Here's the deal. Quick, Spot quick, reduction quick. is not a thing. So explain that. A lot of question a lot of people ask, like, how do I get rid of love handles? How do I get rid of belly fat? How do I get rid of arm fat? How do I get rid of this fat right here? You can't <laughs> without a, a caloric so here well you can. But everybody's body fat uh, set points and body fat dispositions for like where you hold body fat is different. So for me, for example, 
I lost about 18 pounds over the course of the last six months. And honestly, my arms are barely starting to lean out because the rest of my body, like my midsection, my face, my legs, those went pretty quick. My arms held on. What am I going to do about it? Nothing. You just have to get leaner. You have to keep going. Mm. So um, the really the best way, but I will say that adding muscle, like adding five pounds of muscle, you're going to look way better than losing five pounds of fat. So like, don't forget about muscle. Put some muscle on your arms you know, figure out whatever whatever you need to be doing to get into a caloric deficit for a certain amount of time to lose the body fat necessary to see the progress you want to see. But you can't do anything to target one area. I always like to use the... Um, uh, I always like to think about if you put a stick of butter in the microwave and you turn the microwave on, can you tell the butter where to melt? No, <laughs> the butter's just going to melt. It's just going to melt how it melts. Yeah. That's your body. That's okay. Yeah, that one works. I feel like that one clicks. So yeah. that's, that's the deal with that. But you can lose upper body fat, but you might have to, you know, if your body wants to lose leg fat uh, or lower body fat, midsection fat, and those other places first, you're just going to have to go, like, keep going for long enough to get to those areas. We don't have control over that. Yeah. Good ass answer. All right, last question was from Savannah. Savannah, I know Savannah's listening to this. Let's go, Savannah. She's literally so amazing. Um, Is this her? Yeah. She's so cute. She's literally the best. Literally. I love that. Special, special human. So she said to talk about lower back pain and healing. You are talking to the right girls. Straight up. (laughs) To the right girls. I honestly straight up take responsibility for your lower back pain because I'm the one who taught you how to train like a ma- a it's, maniac. It's okay. I forgive you completely. Like, Jesus. I'm at so least, sorry. At least we're on the journey together. We're on the journey together. Yeah. But yeah, I've had lower back pain for seven years. Um, Ever since cheerleading, man. I was a back spot. So if you're a cheerleader, you know what I mean. You're going down, you're throwing up. You're going down, you're throwing up. Like, you're doing a lot of squatting and low back loading. And uh, yeah, I just, I had lower back pain, uh, started lifting weights incorrectly. One thing led to another. I threw it out a number of times. I still have uh, lower back pain, uh, pretty ongoing. It's getting a lot better. Um, But this is a very complex and multifaceted question because back pain could be due to so many. I mean, pain is multifaceted. Like, it's so hard to know. But the one thing I do want to say, excuse me, about lower back pain and just general injuries, pain, physical pain, and healing, I think a lot of people have this misconception that you should stop moving and that resting is the better option all the time. And if your back hurts, you shouldn't work out. And if your back hurts, you shouldn't move. And what, Or if your shoulder hurts or whatever, wrong. A body in motion stays in motion. Your body is always trying to heal you, always. You need to put it, get your body in an environment to optimally heal through your nutrition, through your movement protocols, through your exercise. And now I'm not saying that if you just threw out your back yesterday and you can't walk that you should go fucking squat and deadlift. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying in general, you have to feel it to heal it. So it's okay to have some discomfort in the process of healing. That's a part of the process. I am not a physical therapist. I'm not a chiropractor. I am not a physiotherapist or anything like that. So if you really are going through like a chronic pain, um, I would certainly go consult uh, a doctor first. Make sure it's not structural. If it is chronic pain that isn't structural, like mine, like my spine, I have some bulging discs or whatever. So I guess it's not sure. But um, like this last time I threw out my back, I thought it was structural because I was all crooked, but it was just inflammation. Turns out my spine is okay, and it's really muscular and nerve-related, which takes a whole different kind of, like, physical therapy route. So, um, I mean, and honestly, emotionally, just hang in there and know that you're going to get better. Like I said, you have to believe and understand your bo- your, the only thing your body wants to do is heal you and protect you, period. That's what your body wants, and that's what it's doing. You just have to give it the tools and the environment to do that in the most optimal way possible. So, but to sum it up, I definitely think that don't be afraid of feeling it to heal it and definitely like do as much research as you can to get the right help Mm -hmm. um, within healing, whatever that may look like for For you. For sure. I know we said we were done with the questions, but I forgot that I skipped over one. That it's really good. I think we should talk about it. Okay, let's do it. Because... Jasmine, what's up, Jasmine? Jasmine! I love her so much, too. She said, what made your waist the tiniest? And ah. I think we should talk a little bit about genetics. This is good. Because I think that is a very big misconception 100%. of so many girls. I think 100%. a lot of girls see a girl that they're motivated by or inspired by, and they're like, I want to look exactly like that, and have this misconception in their mind that that's possible. Right. 
And I right. think it's really important to touch on how different we all are, literally, so genetically. good. No, this is such a good question. So what made our waist the tiniest? Well, so <laughs> number one thing is our genetics. Yes. Shout out to Mama. Yeah. She had a big old booty and a you little waist. Seriously? <laughs> no, no, she did. Seriously. Um, so. but, but genetics is like the, the first thing I would point out. Like, honestly, and here's the thing. Get it out of your head that a smaller waist is better. Yeah. Okay? Society says otherwise, fuck society. If you don't have the genetics for a tiny little waist, that doesn't mean you are not capable of achieving a badass physique that you are proud of that Mm -hmm. is beautiful. So, um, but the reality is you may not genetically have the structure to have a really tiny waist. Like your hip bones might be wide. You have, you might have broad shoulders and you just might be more you know, pencil shaped. That's and fine. That's fucking Dude, sick. Dude, and it's yeah. okay. And that doesn't mean that you can't make great progress. That doesn't mean that you can't, you know, manipulate your training, you know, to grow your glutes, grow your lats. That will give your body the illusion that you have a smaller waist. Like there are things you can do to from that capacity. But I think in general, like if you ever look at somebody else's body and think, I want that, check yourself. Yeah. It's not your body. Yeah. It's not your body. Check yourself. So I look at Rosie's body all the time. I'm like, Jesus, can I get some quads like that? Can I get my waist that snatched? Damn. But then I have to remember, like, that's not you. We have different bodies, and that's okay. And what matters is that we're both working hard towards our goals. Yeah. And we're doing it with passion. And we're doing it with excitement. So it's it's largely genetics. But I will also add on to that, that regardless of your genetics, if you, you know, want to reduce your waist size, the number one thing is going to be – uh, body fat. So get your body fat lower. Um, if your body fat is already low, uh, you can build, you know, some abdominal strength. Like I said, if you build up your lats and shoulders and your glutes, that will give more like of the illusion of like an hourglass figure. So those are some tools you can keep in your back pocket. But at the end of the day, make sure you remind yourself that your body is perfect and beautiful the way it is. Your genetics are, your you, you have your genetics for a reason mm-hmm. and you have, you're in your body for a reason. That's the way you're supposed to be. Yeah. So you can can you know make the changes you want to make there's nothing wrong with wanting to improve your physique absolutely nothing wrong with it Mm -hmm. but just remember that like if it's not if you're not meeting reality on reality's terms it's gonna fuck you and it's gonna be hard to to emotionally get through that so that's my that's my answer All right, that was a good ass answer. That was a good ass podcast. Give me some. Thank you guys for asking questions, by the way. Yeah, those were great. Hope we could help you guys and give you guys a little bit of information. And yeah, that was that was really good. That was great. We're both really happy to be able to share our knowledge, resources, absolutely share our story, in hopes that if anybody out there is inspired impacted like totally fuck yeah that is what we're all about and if you got all the way to the end of this honestly you are a real one and we really appreciate you guys listening and thank you test donovan absolutely and if anybody needs to chat through or just talk through any of the questions we talked about today Literally nothing lights my heart up more than helping you guys or just helping people in general work through difficult situations within fitness, uh, mental health, all of that stuff. My mm-hmm. Instagram is Coach Tessie Donzo, and if you would like to hit me up anytime, please do. Yeah, I love you guys. Yeah, seriously. And I we wish you, you the most amazing journeys in ever. the entire world. That's right. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in to another episode of the Sixth Dimension Show. Yes. We're always open to recommendations here. So if anybody has any topics, questions, fitness, Yeah, lifestyle, this is fun. You got to bring me on again. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> spirituality, Super anything. Fun. We are open to all conversations. So thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. Bye, guys. Bye. We love you.